Welcome, everybody. It's another week of the Sports Hole. I'm your host, Luke. With me always, Matty Goldberg and XFL Jim. Guys, what's up? How you doing? I'm good. I just put on my Ultimate Warrior glasses. My uh, brother-in-law found them at Party City for 10 bucks. So I fucking love those. They look like... Queering doesn't make the world work. Yeah. Sorry. They're going to come in handy when I play poker. And, like, I go to Vegas with them and I get in a hand, I put him on, and some guy's going to be like, what are you, an asshole? So <laughs> there used to be a guy in poker named the Fossil Man. He, he might just get it. really intimidated and fold. Yeah. No, yeah. Would, so I'm, doing, I'm doing all right. I had a, I'm, I'm doing good. What's it's up? You, you're, you're posting heavy metal songs again, which is usually a sign you're in distress. Yeah, well, what I do is, like, I love Man of War, so, like, I do this thing like we're going to seize the day and I'll play Man of War and it's like fight and kill and all this stuff. And it's just really funny and cheesy. Man of War, you guys got to check out. They're, they're like the cheesiest metal band ever, but they're so hysterical and their lyrics are funny. It's all about dragons and where and like met the pride of being a metalhead. Like if you don't sure. listen to metal, you're no friend of mine. That's one of their lyrics. Yeah, like Man of War and like Sabaton is very like cheesy. Yeah. Into it. Yeah. I love both of them. <laughs> so I was just yeah, when I'm depressed, I get into Man of War, typo negative, uh good stuff like that. The kids, it's good for the kids. Why are you oh, depressed, yeah. Maddie? Open up to the sports whole audience. I had I had a date on Saturday night. Uh, I don't know, Jim, do they have Hinge in Nebraska? I've heard of it. Uh, I yeah. see ads for it on like social media. I don't yeah. know what it is, though. Like, how is it's, it different than like Bumble or Tower? It's a little <laughs> more. I would say the people are a little more realistic in L.A. as opposed to in Tinder and Bumble. All the girls look like like supermodels, you know. And okay. like they're like velvet ropes. These girls are like, oh, I work as a nurse or. This girl I went out with was a entertainment lawyer. So I, I wanted to be a swinging dick. And then we were talking about food and her love for Italian food. So I, I blew a hundred bucks. And then she had a couple extra glasses of wine at the end of the night and said, I see you as a friend. And I was thought that was a weird move. But, you know, I everybody told me I, I it's my fault because they go, you never take a girl on a, on a dinner date. You go for coffee. So you fucked up. So. Lesson learned. Yeah, but it bummed me out. It bummed yeah, me out. It's a that's a big investment. That's a hundred bucks. No. So you never want no. to be friend zone too. Like the the worst thing is when they're like, "Oh, I'm having a great time," but I see you more as a friend. That makes you always feel good. About yeah, yourself. you paid to get in the friend zone too. Yeah, that's always rough. I sure did. Yeah, Jim, what do you do on a first date? My go-to is either um, like a fun activity, like I've gone axe throwing. I would do like something kind of active that you can kind of like compete against each other or with each other. Yeah. Maybe like laser tag or an arcade or I even, like fuck it. Even bowling. Bowling is fun as fuck. Dude, we as don't we don't have fun shit like that in LA. Yeah, the bowling. fuck we, fun shit like Yeah, they do, Maddie. There's no bowling in LA. It's banned in the, LA. There's, no, there's fucking bowling all over LA. Actually, the bowling alley I fucking worked at called me uh like two weeks ago trying to get me to come back. Because they're yeah. shift. You he see, was going to move love, back to I LA love, just to work in a bowling alley. I love but Metro Golf. That or like for coffee or like a small or a small, not like a dinner, but like kind of like, well, a dinner, but not like a actual a restaurant. No restaurant. expensive, like no expensive place. Italian sure. restaurant. 
I, I made the rookie mistake. It's I can do like Korean bar. I think Korean barbecue would be fucking awesome as a first day because yeah. then you're still getting Korean barbecue. Right. Dude, you could do like thing. a happy hour somewhere too. You know, get a little yeah. nosh, but a full yeah. dinner. Maybe well, like an arcade little, or something like that would be fun. Yeah. I was feeling down about that, but then, you know, you start betting on games, you hit some games, you know, and then you feel okay. So we're, if, it's, we're, uh, if it's someone who you don't think you're going to like, I always recommend going to the movies because then you can just ignore them and watch a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. I would never want to jeopardize wrecking a, a movie experience like that, though. Yeah. But like, that's the whole point of the movie is you don't pay attention to the person, you just pay attention to the movie. See, I always felt like a movie date's bad because you're telling the girl like you don't even have a personality enough on the first date it is like you're you don't even you're afraid to talk to her so you're gonna let the movie speak for itself like you know a movie date is like you guys have been dating for a while a while yeah exactly never on the first date but then again i'm the idiot that took a girl out to a really fancy italian restaurant and got friend zone for a 100 bucks but hey somebody would call me sexist they'd be like she doesn't know you shit, you fucking loser. I mean, maybe for 200, she'd vow to never speak with you again. So, yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> okay. All right. We got a lot of sports. A lot of sports has yep. happened. So, we'll dive oh, yeah. right in. NBA yeah. playoffs. I don't even know where to begin. This is the most fucked up season I've ever seen between the injuries. It's wild. Uh, Kawhi is out now and so then when of course when Kawhi goes out you think the Clippers are dead but no then Paul George actually becomes playoff P and they get a victory last night Uh, you guys what do you make of these injuries and who do you think will actually persevere and who do you think will actually wilt in the end well I was shocked yesterday because I was thinking of doing like a I just thought both home teams would win convincingly as a matter of fact all night I thought the uh the uh, Sixers won the whole night. It's like 11 o'clock at night. I'm like, yeah, the Sixers won by 15, 20. And then people were like, no, Atlanta won. Uh-huh. And I thought for sure Utah was going to kill the Clippers. I thought they were done. Uh, I would love to know if you bet a hundred bucks money line on both uh, road teams yesterday, what you would have got. It would have been a nice five, 600 bucks. I would imagine. So would it's imagine pretty so. wild. I-, I still think the jazz are going to somehow pull this series off. What a hell of a gutsy victory for the Clippers. And now we're like, there's always these things about Doc Rivers. Is he a good playoff coach? You can't lose that game yesterday. You just can't. And then there's more talks about Ben Simmons. Oh, yeah. Ben Simmons is fucking I – w- I've said it before, and I'll say it as many times as it takes. Ben Simmons is the best basketball player who can't play basketball. That's the best way to describe him. So he officially has true. the worst playoff free throw percentage of all time, including Hack Shaq. He has beaten Shaquille O'Neal for that honor. Did you see that he has more missed free throws than the entire teams of Atlanta, uh, the Nets, and the, the Bucks? I believe? It's insane how many hours you, you imagine this guy devotes to basketball, even from when he's not playing you know, from practicing to playing, and he just can't sink a free throw. I think, you know, all of us probably could hit that percentage uh, or do better without ever practicing. This is nuts. Well, the other thing, too, is uh, there seems to be this thing like, well, is he going, is it like, because he goes to strip clubs and he parties? Is that what the problem is? Harden goes to strip clubs and parties. I was going to say, Harden's like one of the best free throw shooters in the league. Harden has his jersey retired in a strip club in Houston. 
Yeah, it's true. It hangs from the I, fucking I rafters. That's mental. how much he goes I, to strip clubs, and he hits every shot he makes. You know, I mean, I just think he's a mental case. Like, I think he's like, he's like, remember, like, there's a few catchers they can't throw the ball back to the pitcher, or there's a few. Pitchers I thought that was they, just in major league. No, there's uh, Maxi Sasser on the Mets back in the day could not throw the ball back to the pitcher. That character was based on Maxi Sasser, ah. and he could throw. He could throw the ball to second base on a stolen base. He could throw a fucking strike, but he just could not throw the ball back to the pitcher. He was that much of a mental case. And I'm starting to believe like Ben Simmons is just like mentally. He is so has no confidence. What do you think the Sixers do with him? Do they move on from him? Do they try to hope that he will eventually turn it around? He's been trying to turn around since 2017. He just can't shoot I mean, basketball. It's it's so it's so hard what to do with him because you think once he snaps out of it, he's going to be an incredible top five player. He would he'd be the best player in the league if he could but actually he can't hit. snap out of it. That's the problem. Yeah. So it's like eventually, what do you do? It's like you got it's almost like you got something like a shiny toy and it's not working, but it might work. And it's like, what do you do? You know, it's. It's, it's it's a hard decision. It's all on the potential. You're kind of like just banking on him eventually, like kind of getting his stuff put together and being able to shoot a basketball. And like you're just, you're just banking on the the potential that it'll happen, and it hasn't happened for four years. The other thing too is like watching him and Trey Young play. They're night and day because Trey Young has all the confidence in the world that Trey Young will go and get, like, rejected really hard by Embiid. He'll miss a shot. But he does, he's just as fearless. He's just going to keep shooting. He's going to keep driving. He's not afraid. I, I'll use the analogy for poker. S- scared money don't make money. Ben Simmons plays the scared money. Trey Young plays, plays to make money. Yeah. And that's how it feels. It's just like Ben Simmons does – it's like, you see him drive to the hoop, and then he's got an easy shot, or at least he's going to get fouled, and he dishes it out. And you're like, "What are you doing? You got you're you're the guy. Take it to the hoop, buddy." Yeah, it's. Do you think it's all mental? I I think it's mostly mental. I would probably. I, it's got to be mental because he has all the physical tools to be able to make the shots and to to do everything it takes. It just. I don't understand with him, like, what it is. He just can't – it's not even just free throws. It's any shot. He just can't do anything. He's a great defender, also, great rebounder, yeah. just can't make a shot. I also believe the Sixers are deadly worried that if they do move on from that, he'll find that a coach will somehow get him to play good, and they'll be like, wow, here was what we thought we had, and then somebody else was able to cultivate it. And I think they're afraid of that as well. But I just don't – I just think it's up to him what he wants to do, you know. I don't think a coach can even help him. Yeah. I agree with that. It's, we'll it's, see. I guess I it's, like it's – where is he in his contract right now? Because, gal, to, if you think about giving this guy $30 million a year, well, that's it's not also like, it. Let's say the Bucks do beat the Nets. The Sixers had the best chance to get to the championship that I that they've had before. So if they blow this series to the Hawks 
and, and yesterday was just an absolute choke job. You know, to get scored outscored 40 to 19 in the fourth quarter in your own building. Like that is unacceptable. And again, Doc Rivers is known for these chokes. He was up 3-1 last year with a, a, a just a totally, you know, full team. And he's had a lot of chokes with the Clippers. So he's he's I'm worried if he's able to close that series or be the be the coach that's like the you know, he's not in Phil Jackson's earth. I don't know who he I compare him with. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you this. I wouldn't feel confident with him as my coach, like, if I want clutchness in a playoff series. Yeah. yeah. It is – it's kind of a, a funny dynamic to think, like, this guy's just coaching lights out for, like, the first four or five games of a series and then just – is sit, sipping daiquiris in the back the, the remainder of it it's uh, how do you I, I don't quite even understand how you do that that's pretty it, it's weird how, well it's you also have weird just a collapse a, like this a fourth quarter could be that like to be out i mean it's hard enough to be outscored by 10 points to be outscored by 21 points i mean how do you even figure that yeah he's uh it's not great. It's it's a bad look. This is yeah. this this actually like I wasn't worried for the 76ers throughout the whole series. This last game actually made me worry for them. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Which is disappointing because I think they match up really well against the Nets. Uh yeah. But then again, I think the Hawks could match up pretty well against the Bucks. So who knows? I mean, we also have to remember the Hawks have had the best record pretty much in basketball since Nate McMillan took over. And like I, I know he only coached half the season, but in my opinion, he's the coach of the year. I know they don't go by the playoffs, and I know Tom Thibodeau turned the Knicks around, but he is having a hell of a, mm-hmm. of a run with his team. He just turned them around. Yeah, every time they look like it's going to go south for him, they kind of find a new lease on life. And I know yeah. Trey Young has a lot to do with that, but you mm-hmm. definitely have to give McMillan a lot of credit for keeping yeah. everybody in the game and keeping them going forward. Yeah. So what do you guys think about Kawhi? Kawhi's out. Yeah, I don't think he's playing again. In effect. I think he's, I, I yeah, I think he's done. Yeah, Kawhi, I think, tore an ACL. Yeah, yeah he's out. Yeah, yeah he's which, done. Which, to me, also, that the Clippers are done. Well, they, yeah, won, I, they won last night. Yeah, but well, you got to rely on it's going to be very hard to do two games in a row. I still think Utah wins in seven, but that was a very courageous win yesterday. Like it was a gutsy win because they had every reason to quit. I don't um, think you see like you can't rely on that from Paul George consistently. No. Yeah. So like even even if like even if the Clippers somehow beat the Jazz, I feel like they're losing to the Suns. Yeah, that's like I feel like they're like their championship hopes are done with Kawhi out. Yeah, there's no way to win the championship. They might be able to squeak a win at home, but I still think the Jazz are going to step it up and get somehow get through that series. It it helps the Suns now because now we're hearing about Chris Paul's COVID, and I don't know how long he's got to sit out. But the longer that series goes, the more days he can quarantine. So I'm sure the Suns are happy about that. If it's anything like it was last year, I think they're – are they making him do two weeks or, like, one week? I forget. I don't know. Luke's it's, the expert on COVID. <laughs> uh, well, I, to me, it's there's, there's, a, there's a big sort of um, – there's a lot of optics here because yeah. 
the NBA wants everyone to get vaccinated. And yeah. if you've got vaccinated, if you've been vaccinated and you still have to go through this bullshit, people are going to yeah. say, what the fuck? Why would I even bother get vaccinated at this yeah. point? If, if I can still get test positive for it and still be out of these games, there's zero point in doing that. Uh, there's, there's very little reward. So I think they're going to have to take a hard look at, at how they go, you know, have a, have a big think about uh, what they do with this situation, because it is setting a bad precedent if they keep them out for multiple games. Uh, I could, and, and he, they are lucky because they're going to have about a week to work with before the other series wraps and they, and they uh, have a game one, but it's a just terrible situation. I mean, at this point, why would you even hold people out? If you're going to be vaccinated, you've had the opportunity to be vaccinated. That goes for everybody on the team or everybody in the arena. So it's in due time, they have to stop testing for this bullshit. You can't test You know, if you're asymptomatic, then who gives a fuck? You know, well, everybody that's worried about have, it has had a chance to be vaccinated. Let's so. say if he's vaccinated and he, he, you know, you can still, they say, well, you still can get COVID if you're vaccinated. It's just going to be a very, very minor strain. Like let the, let the dude play, man. If everybody's like, it's okay. You can play. I would play with him. I don't give a fuck. I mean, Michael Jordan played with the flu, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, supposedly the flu, but it, you know, in the point is that, this shit can be asymptomatic. And if you're asymptomatic, then who gives a fuck? They're never going to let them play, though. That's the thing, though. They're going to, like, be as strict as possible because they want to show that they're responsible and they want to appease certain people. So, unfortunately... I wonder how long, like, they're going to... They would make it sit out there. Because if he sits out for a week, and it's a week before the games even start... Yeah. Then Well, he's on on day two right now. So, I would imagine if tomorrow... I would say this goes seven games. The series would start on Wednesday or Tuesday. So he'd probably have to miss like one game or something. That's like in the NFL guys came back after a week. As I remember, I remember certain guys. Well, because you would, you would conceivably be sitting out two weeks with a, you know, cause you only play one game a week. Yeah. So if you got it at the beginning of the week, you go through one week and then by the next game, yeah. You would, you know, you'd but with be the fine. NBA, you're playing like three, four games a week, right? Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. I, I don't, I, I think just one of these companies has to go. We're not testing asymptomatic people anymore. I agree. Yeah. If it's gonna, you know, you've had your chance to get co, you know, to get your that's shot. It. If you're not, yeah. You know, well, that's the other thing in soccer. What I, I heard, Spain was awful. By the way, in the Euro Cup. Uh, a couple of days ago, they they draw they drew zero zero against a bad team, and it was like a bad it was like the worst game of the Euro Cup. The Euro Cup's been great, by the way. They said that their team got vaccinated four days before the game. Why the hell would you do that? Oh yeah, that they're all running around all sluggish. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You should have been doing that like a month ago. Of course, Dude, that's that's the most Spanish thing I've heard, though. That yeah, I, no, not to stereotype, but I will stereotype. All my friends from Spain, when we were all taking a course in Germany, missed every fucking class because they were all up all night doing pills and uh, whatever. Yeah. You know, uh, when I was in when I was in college and uh, I went to college in Boston for a year, 
And uh, we lit, we lived in this kind of cool area, and there was like an apartment complex. You could look out our window, and we could watch. And we always used to watch these hot girls undress. And and there were these we call them Euro trash. And there was these European guys on the balcony with them. We're all they all noticed us watching them, and they knew we were at college. And these guys go, "You study, we fuck girls. You study." What a great <laughs> memory. That's awesome, and glad to know yeah. you're a sexual predator as well. Oh, it made, it made me laugh as hell. It was really funny. They go, they go, we fuck girls, you'll study, and like broken English. It was great. That made me laugh. That is pretty good. Um, yeah. Coaching news in the NBA. Rick Carlisle out, says he resigned under his own free will. Uh, what do you guys think about this? There's shakeups going on in Dallas. Jim, you alluded it before we went live. Uh, what, what do you think is going on in Dallas? I feel like, I mean, there was those rumors before all the math stuff came out. There were the rumors that Mark Cuban's like a shadow GM running the corporation, running the whole team from the shadows, and like putting too much of a hand in things as the owner. And I can kind of understand it. You, you, the GM leaves, the coach yeah. leaves. Um, I'm hearing some people speculate that this means like Luca might be on his way out. I don't think that's what it is because this coach was a very like do it my way coach, like very strict on rules and whatnot. And Luca kind of wants some area, some like space to just freestyle and do his own thing, which I think he deserves to have. Obviously, I think oh, yeah. it means he's staying. I, I think Luca's staying. What I would love to see happen is some wild scenario get Luca to go to the Bucks? Oh, I would. I don't it. think there's no way that's happening. Like so, say the Bucks, How does that even Luka. happen? I, I, they don't have the money. Why would they get rid of him? So say say the Bucks hire like they fire their head coach. They lose the series. Yeah. They fire their head coach. They yeah. hire the Mavs head coach, and then Luca goes there. <laughs> Dude, like, I don't turn, know how. turn down the two hundred million dollar max contract. The way yeah. I look at a, a guy like Carlisle, he's been there for a while. He's got a championship, so he can get any job he pretty much wants that's open. And it's like you get a fresh start, and just like maybe he's just tired of Mark Cuban. You know, maybe he's like, I want to make the groceries. I want to pick the players, or I have a different philosophy. And you know, it's like relationships; they don't last long. You know. Sure. Like marriages and sports really don't last long. So this was a long one. It's just like, okay, let's, let's do our separate ways. You know, it's, it's probably no hard feelings, a lot of great memories, a ring, a lot of playoff. Uh, so, Hey, there's a job in Portland. Yeah. You know, yeah, there's going to be a few places. jobs. Also out Stan Van Gundy fired from New yeah. Orleans after one season. There's also rumors Zion's not happy there. That's ridiculous. You've been there one year. Yeah, one, one year is actually insane. Who is he, the ultimate warrior? Oh, don't make me play that clip again, man. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah play it, man. One play year it. is crazy talk. Like, that's worse yeah. than I, – I, so I feel like college football has one of the worst, like, coaching sort of yeah. cultures where coaches get fired left and right. And yeah. I, I can't think of any college coach that's been fired after a year. It's insane. Uh, like, Willie Taggart, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, no, Willie he had Taggart two. was the worst coach. Oh. He got two years. He was horrible. He was the worst coach of the, a, a big pro, like a big program. That tur- they were losing to, like, the, the, the warm-up games. 
I can't. Yeah, it's, it's one year is insane to me. What, what do you guys think of uh, Stan Van Gundy? He seems to elevate certain teams, and then he I, just can't quite I, bring them to the next I, level. I, I, though. Think I don't what, know. I think what it is is that they feel he's too intense. So like the you know when you play when you coach college, you can be like you know Mike Shashesky. You can be Roy Williams and yell and be disciplined. But the pros, you're dealing with guys with like hundreds of millions of dollars and you got to figure out to motivate them a different way than being intense. And I just feel like he just rubs guys like he, he wears his welcome out fast because he's just too intense of a guy. And they'd rather play for like a laid back dude, you know, that figures out different ways to get the most out of these guys. You de- that is like a big factor when you're going from college to pros, especially I assume with the NBA is you have to learn how to motivate these people because like they're just they get shitloads of money they know they're good you just have to figure out ways to kind of get them to work together maybe he wasn't cutting it in that regard i don't know what's up with zion um he just i mean i assume he doesn't want to be on just a, a terrible terrible team so just get out of new orleans but are make them better you know be if you if you like look what john moran has done in memphis you know, obviously he's got a few more players than Zion, but he's they're a playoff team already, and they're only going to get better. So just, uh, you know, keep going, dude. I mean, Ingram finally hit his stride the last couple of years with them. Um, Lonzo might even take another step. They they have yeah. – they just have – it's a really young team. Yeah. You know, that's the old yeah. baby Lakers, essentially, that are just sort yeah. of finally coming to their own. Uh, we'll see. Okay, moving on. College football playoff expansions. The meetings are underway. Jim wow. has fought for this. Jim, tell us your history with the college football playoffs and your, your grand scheme of things. I like. I feel like there's a decent faction of us out there. College football, it's it's the it's the least inclusive postseason of any sport, fucking of all time. It's. The percentage. Are you saying it's too white? No. Oh, I don't, th- I don't yeah. think he was going there. Fucking, it's four teams out of 132. And the fact that, like, a whole section of supposedly FBS, like, teams don't even have a shot at the championship, no shot whatsoever, from second one of day one of week one is bullshit. And I'm yeah. glad that they're thinking of expanding. I'm glad it's looking like. They're doing at least what was it six at large bids? That's that's awesome. That's yeah. They're talking about a twelve. I think they're twelve is kind of the number. So the big twelve is the number, and it's um, it's so it's it's four. The top four teams get a buy, yeah. And the five through eight get their get to play at home. I love playing at the home arenas. Yeah. Fuck neutral sites. Fuck bowl games. I don't give a shit about these arenas. I don't give a shit about any of that. College football is about the the history. It's about the fucking locations being at the colleges. It's about the local communities. That's what this fucking sport is about. And it's about damn time we get to it in the postseason. And Man, this is in, this is inspirational. I hope I heard some rumors they may be even thinking in the next 10 years or so, pushing it to 24. I love that they skipped right over eight and went to 12. This makes me think maybe they'll skip right over 16 and go to 24. Why not 64? Let's do like college basketball. 
my my, and, my all, hope, and you and you finish it all in two weekends. If you wanted right. to be like college basketball, it would have to be thirty-two. Would be way more, I think, percentage-wise than what college basketball has. Yeah, I think I. I mean, twenty-four. Yeah, Rutgers. Rutgers would be in it. Oh, 20, twenty-four is gonna like cap twenty-four. I feel like most people will be like twelve. There's no doubt. You can't yeah. like you're. I'm fine. I'm happy with twelve. I could live with twelve probably forever. 24 is like my my pie in the sky dream. Mm-hmm. Uh, 12 is good. I'm 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 a fan of 12. Especially Do you think I'm, 12 next year will happen? It's not. It's going to be 2023 at the earliest. Uh, where, where are they at? So they had the meeting and then what has anything came out of well, the meeting so yet? Nothing's really come out of the meeting, but the so the two scenarios that could happen is it would either happen in um I think 2025 is when the contract negotiate renegotiations with ESPN are happening. Yeah. So the theory is if they want to make the most money possible, they would wait and then renegotiate and be like, Hey, we could do this with Fox or like a whole bunch of different people would want it other than ESPN. And you could make a shitload of money. And then that wouldn't really be going into effect until like 2027. Um, the fastest they could do is they break contract like this year and be like, we're going to do it as soon as possible. 2023 would probably be the earliest they could do it. Hmm. How do you think this would affect regular season play? I think it would ben- I, I right. It baffles my mind that people think that this would like devalue regular season play when uh, like, say you're a Wisconsin and you lose, like you go to travel to an SEC game. Uh, you travel and play Auburn like they do, or you travel and play yeah. LSU. You lose that game. Oh, look, uh, your season's done. Too fucking bad. Boo-hoo. Yeah. You're done. If you have the chance to play for an at-large bid, your season matters more throughout. Like, throughout. Yeah. If, like, the Iron Bowl isn't going to be devalued because of fucking playoff implications, because it's the Iron Bowl. There's history. These teams hate each other to their core. Absolutely. It could be like the old fucking bowl system back in the 80s and 90s and 70s and shit, and these games would still matter. It's, I agree 100%. There's the, the Iron Ball is still going to be the Iron Ball. Ohio State, Michigan is still going to be Ohio State, Michigan. And there's and you're times still, you're like, playing for bye weeks. You're playing yeah, for bye weeks. You're playing for home field advantage. And it just it gets more teams involved nationally. So you think it would actually yeah. help with the scheduling? Like people I, wouldn't I be so afraid 100%. to, you know, they wouldn't go after cupcake teams and they could actually, you know, they could be rewarded because strength of schedule is a factor. Yeah. I, all these teams. You get, you get these teams that are just like on the bubble instead of scheduling like a cupcake, they schedule like another team that's near the bubble and be like, Oh, this is like a de facto playoff game. All of a sudden. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Uh, I'm for as many teams as possible. I'm for it. I love the idea. I love more college football. I think if you have a higher seed, you get to have the home game. And I think it will be great. And I think it'll be a lot of fun. And one day, like you're going to see like an eighth seed knock off Alabama. And it's going to be one of the most exciting moments in sports. So like take, you're gonna take get last that. year, for example, this, so I don't know if, if this is the opinion of a lot of people, but my favorite bowl game was Cincinnati versus Georgia. That, that was, was that was my favorite bowl game. Yeah. Imagine that. Cause that would have just, that would have been a playoff game. That would have yeah. been eight versus nine. Those teams would have played each other. Yep. In the playoffs at Cincinnati. Instead of playing down in Florida, they would have played at Cincinnati. And they both would have opportunity to poten- potentially know that they could win the national championship. And for the people that are all fucking funny, that is, this also eliminates the fact that you won't have players sitting out. 
you get players involved because they're in they're competing for a national championship. This is just great for the sport. So you, you would schedule a few less games during the regular season or just keep patting them? Yeah, I would probably try and make it more uh, more fair. Maybe have everyone play like a nine game conference schedule or something like that. You don't really need to like what. So with a 12 team playoff, you would have 16 games total. Is that what you yeah. would play? Yeah. If you make it all the way. Yeah. If you make it you all the way all, from. Yeah. But like if you're if you're one of the top four teams, you'd still only play 15 because you get a bye. Yeah. I think 16 games, maybe you can get rid of one game. I'm I, yeah. 16 and like 17 is kind of pushing it because uh, most these are likely kids. one of the lower seeds is not gonna win though. More you likely know. than not, no, but I think 16 is like an absolute max amount that you're going to play is fine. Okay. Maybe, maybe get rid of one game. Maybe From, get rid of one so that you keep it at 15. That's all I would say. I'm, I'm, a, I'm when I, the news was announced, I was stat, I was like cheering. And do, do we have a timeline when, when we'll hear anything about this? Uh, as of now, no, we're just kind of wait and see. It's probably, it's the way I'm looking at it. It's probably synonymous with the more we hear about name, image, and likeness. Uh, like going through the courts and the, the like the Congress and everything. Uh-huh. The more we hear about NIL, the more you'll hear about the playoffs because they, the ESPN and the NCAA and the schools are like, oh, these players are going to get money directly from like other sources. We need to figure out a way to keep our revenue going. And this is probably the best way to do it. Sure. Now, I'm, I'm thinking as NIL stuff comes more and more, you're going to hear more and more about the 12 team playoff. Okay. From football to football, Maddie. What's going on in that Euro Cup? I, I think we lost them. I've I've watched a couple games here and there. Okay, um, it's been fucking fun. It's I'm not like the biggest soccer guy, but I'd rather watch Euro Cup ten times out of ten than like daily MLB. So it's been pretty fun, and I kind of like Euro Cup similar with like when when uh, the World Cup is on, you kind of like start. You're not rooting for just individual teams; you're rooting for countries, and that's always kind of fun. Yeah, I've been having a blast with it. I I always I I've watched the World Cup. I like it. Uh, I always find that fascinating. I the problem for me is just sort of. I think I like a lot of the storyline. So going into a sport that you're you're not that antiquated with. Um, there's a little void of passion, but it's yeah, that's something fun. that like has to kind of like yeah, because I remember when I first started getting to the Premier League, it's kind of like just like eh, I don't know, I don't know. and then you kind of attach yourself to a team. If you like, for me, uh, I'm a I'm a this is Premier League, this isn't really Euro Cup, but mm-hmm. it's, if you're into soccer, I was bowling with a gentleman who was from England, and we just got connected and whatnot. He was one of my best buds. He's like this 80 year old guy, and he rooted for Man City, so now I'm a Man City fan. That's you, awesome. you have to like find these storylines somewhere. Right. Maddie, you there? So, yeah, okay. sorry about that. Okay. Well, what's we're we're kind of uh circling the waters here on the yep. uh Euro Cup. What uh, what's going on? Who's playing good? Who's uh dropping the ball? Uh Spain has dropped the ball, like I said. Um, it's pretty much not too many upsets. We're just sad about the dude from Denmark that had uh collapse on the court which is very scary um i really can't tell you like there hasn't been that like moment of upset i guess france versus germany is kind of like a week one nfl matchup of like the chiefs if the chiefs played the buccaneers 
and it was decided on an auto goal. The Germany uh, defender just uh, one of the best auto goals I ever saw. What's like, an auto a, goal? Where you score a goal for the wrong team. But it was a beautiful goal. It wasn't like usually it's like a deflection. This was like a straight up like a strike. And Germany had a terrible. Did anybody compliment him on on it? Well, I hope he doesn't get shot like the dude in Colombia. So, but <laughs> besides that, there hasn't been that like real upset or anything. Uh, there hasn't been that like you know, uh, like oh my god. But the teams I like are Belgium and I like uh, the Netherlands, and they both look pretty good. Those are my I top watched, two teams, man. Those are my top two right there. So at three in the morning, I woke up, and then at six a.m., I bet on the Ukraine to be a country I never heard of. Maybe I'm just a terrible student. What country, Maddie? Macedonia or something? North Macedonia. North yeah, Macedonia. I've never heard of that. That's in the former Yugoslavia. See, I wouldn't know. It's a new country. I'm sure we've but, had NBA players from there. No, they're a very. They were very good for being at their first time in the in the Euro Cup. They were. They played great. They've scored two goals, which is incredible. So. <laughs> That was a fun game. They lost two to one, but I won on the Ukraine. I got it minus one thirty, which is a really good price. Ukraine played the Netherlands to the last minute and lost, and a great game three to two. So so far, no real surprises. Just look out and see if how bad Germany and Spain shit the bed, because those are two powerhouses that haven't looked like powerhouses. They really haven't look like they used to be where they would just roll over teams it's kind of like now belgium and germany i mean belgium and the netherlands are like the two big teams and don't buy into the uh the hype of uh portugal even though they won three zip i think uh the guy is one of the most overrated players of all time ronaldo oh really really hot soccer take he's just kind of like a striker that like you know, he's always he's looking for goals. Like Messi plays the whole field. I guess they sound like a snob. This guy just wants to get the babes and the goals. You just would, don't like I him because he's a smoke show, Maddie. That's it. I would say Jealousy. Messi is better. That's my take too. I'm 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 more team Messi. Yeah. All right. I get it. By the way, Maddie, little history yeah. for you. Alexander yeah. the Great is a Macedonian. Well, there you go. See, I, I'm like, what the hell is this? You know, I've never heard of it. But there, well, one really thing great. I found interesting, they let uh, Turkey play in the Euro Cup. And they're well, Turkey, most of that know, country. Know, that's in Turkey Asia. Is. I know. Well, Turkey's, is. Turkey's one of those weird ones. Like, yeah. It's like on the border of both. It's it's weird. It's, I think uh, I think they, they use it as leverage. Like, okay, guys, don't murder Kurds and you can play in our Euro Cup. Like, they kind yeah. of, yeah. See, the yeah. West sort of like, plays with turkey like hey you could be one of us just stop doing this and that i don't uh, even know i don't even know the wars and shit but i do know that the games have been very enjoyable and it's like i have trouble sleeping so when i wake up at like five in the morning i'm like hey in an hour i got some action i could put some money on these games and and enjoy 6 a.m sure all right that that was time i used to uh spank the monkey now i'm betting on soccer you know what? You can't do both at the same I was gonna time. Say, you can do both. When you got money on these games, it's hard to get like sexually aroused. I'm telling you. No, it seems like the, 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 the opposite. opposite. Yeah. Well, when you win, you get a little chubby, but 
No, no, no. See, betting is, I don't know about you, but for me, betting is not about winning or losing. It's about that sweat. Oh, yeah. the sweat's the best. You know, there, there is some times that, like, you just feel like you, you're, you have, like, a let's say you bet on seven-point spread, your team's up 24 nothing. There is that time, like, you know what? It'd be nice if the other team scored 10 points, make it a little interesting, because I'm just sitting here, you know, twiddling my thumbs. Why don't they put up 10 points? Let's make this a little sweat. Next time uh, we, we do a Kentucky Derby show, I'm just going to picture Jim nude with a boner, just counting down that 60 seconds, just well, counting down those yelling at his one. TV. Those 30 to ones that, you know, really accurate. One time they're going to hit and he's going to have 20 grand up. One time it's going to hit, he's going to have 20 grand. And you retire. So he's going to put 200 bucks on one of these and he's going to hit like, he's going to hit it and it's going to, he's going to have like 12,000, 20,000. Well, speaking of uh, hitting it, Floyd yeah. Mayweather claims to have made $65 million on that fight with Logan Paul. And to put that in perspective, uh, Floyd Mayweather in one night for that fight with Logan Paul made more money than Magic Johnson and Larry Bird did in their entire playing career. Well, Mayweather is much more of a better athlete and much more talented than either one of those and did more for sports than either one of those guys could ever do combined. So very well justified. I, no, I won't argue with you. I'm I think joking. it's just these fights are like celebrity boxing matches. They just they get fucking boohoo numbers. Uh, you, know what, you know what this fight reminds me of? Have you ever seen the movie Brewster's Millions of Richard Pryor? It's been a minute. So mm. the, the plot of the movie is he's this minor league baseball pitcher. John Candy's his catcher. And it's based on a movie from like the 50s. It came out in the 80s. And basically he has to blow, he has to spend a hundred million dollars to get like 50 billion or something like that. It's like you got to spend like 10 million to get like a billion, something like that. I'm not getting the numbers right, but he has to do it in like within two weeks or something. So he hires the Yankees to play the Yankees. He's like a double A pitcher who gets the Yankees to play against them. And that's kind of like what Paul is doing. You know? I don't. He's just getting these guys that are just going to get so big, big fucking numbers. So, like, Logan Paul is going more for the uh, spectacle. I feel like Jake Paul's trying to keep the allure that he's still, like, he's a good fighter. Um, Logan Paul is just going full-on spectacle money, uh, just bringing it all in. And it's kind of fun, but, like, Floyd Mayweather is just the most boring person to watch when it comes to fights. Of course. If you had all the money in the world and you had, like, power, you're like, hey, I want to play – I'm watching the freak right now and shoot. I'm like, I want to play Giannis one-on-one. And he's like, yeah, go fuck yourself. Well, I got 20 million, Giannis. All right, I'll, I'll come to your house. I'll be there. We'll play a little one-on-one. What do you mean, Matty? You, you played Dwayne Wade in one-on-one. That is true. So, there's yeah, there's a video that. of that online if you guys want to see that. Yeah, Maddie Goldberg versus Dwayne Wade. True story, XFL, Jim. I love it. Yeah, he won, by the way, 11 nothing. Shocking. Yeah. But it's just, like, ridiculous. And, you know, I, I wonder if the public, I'm sure they'll have another fight like this. I wonder if the public's going to buy this another one. They're going to get fooled again. And I would imagine they will. 
and they're going to be playing. But it's like, you bought this dumb shit. You pay. Yeah, it's all in the sales. These guys are just fantastic salesmen. And that's sales... how he's getting so much money. Because like these yep. guys are all promised like a shitload out up front and then a huge percentage of the pay-per-view numbers. Okay, oh, NFL. Way, this dude, uh, Middleton, just okay. hit a fucking dagger three. It's a 20-point game, by the way. All right, so we'll, we can assume the Bucks won't wilt too. We will have a game seven. They How will live is that? Game seven. Yeah. All right, NFL, long ways away. Uh, only less than 100 days till the season. News coming out of mini camps. Jim, your oh. Dolphins, your boy Tua threw five picks in mini camp. Are you worried? Hey, hey. no, not at all, because you know what they didn't report is the next day he fucking looked electric. You know that, what? That was gotta, the actual gotta, report. He just looked electric. These. He looked fucking electric. No, I mean he he did he did really well the next day. It's you basically know? just like Brian Flores came out and said, "I don't want him to like, I don't want him to just kind of go into a shell. I want him to take risks." So they're just trying to get him to take riskier throws and whatnot. I'm fine with it. You know, here's Trash. the thing: they they got to stop with these reports about the camp because I don't. It, it's so like nobody's gonna care about this. When week three, week four comes, like every day, it's like Jordan Love threw a, an interception and a two-minute warning, like, oh, my God, the Packers are done forever. Get Aaron Rodgers in there. And then it's like the next day, oh, but he balled off. And it's like, well, we, you won't know until the season really starts. Like this is kind of like, like pre – like I, I used to be such a baseball fan. I'd watch the first Red Sox spring training game. And I was like, oh, Mo Vaughn went 0 for 3. Like, he's done. And then he would go, like, 10 for 50 in, in spring training. And then he did, like, five home runs in the first week. So, like, these reports, I, I, it's too early to, you know, these are practices. These, these won't matter when the games start. It's like caring about – who cares about preseason football, Right. Well, I'll tell you, I mean, of course, that on. the biggest football news of the weekend is Shea Patterson has signed with the BC Lions of the Canadian Football League. God bless him. Jim, what do you feel about that? <laughs> you are. I knew, so, like, I knew they, they had this August date posted forever. Like, this is when the season's going to start. It was just whether or not it was going to happen, basically. We knew it was. We knew if it was going to happen, it was going to be August, yeah. probably early August. And it's just like, oh, they they settled on, like, was it like thirty percent or whatever capacity? And they're going to do a shortened season with all the teams. And I'm fucking for it. I'm super happy. There's a bunch of XFL players in the in the CFL, a bunch of spring league guys up there. I'm stoked. I hope. Well, I, it starts, I hope starts I can fucking. Right? Huh? It starts soon, right? August fifth. Nice. Oh wow! So what? What does our season usually run to? Where do you catch? It usually like butter? ends right around right. there because it starts. It usually they usually start like May. Oh okay. They usually, they usually yeah they usually like go through the summer. And how, how do you watch the games? Maddie wants to know. That's what I'm trying to find out. Uh, I've always had difficulties. I know they do. I think they do like the playoffs and championships on some of the ESPNs every once in a while. Mm -hmm. If you can. You might try and see if you can find uh, TSN. It's like Canada's version of ESPN. They're right. the exclusive rights holders to the CFL. You can find streams online 
that would be the way to do it. Um, yeah, you can probably find a crack screen for that, right? Yeah. You might want to look up um, AFI. It's like the American Football International or whatever. They mm-hmm. cover a bunch of international leagues, and they can find ways to stream stuff. So I, I'm looking. I'm, I'm gonna, And when I find out, you guys will be the first to know. Okay. Um, awesome. And you can okay. bet on it. You can bet on the championship right now. You can bet futures. I, 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 hate to be, I hate to be a jerk, but I'm so excited for my favorite segment. And my favorite wrestler, but I don't know if we're there yet. Not quite there yet. I well, know you're nothing. You're nothing, honey. But uh, I want you to give us a quick, uh, just give us a quick hockey rundown while okay, I got you here. So the Islanders just lost about a few minutes ago. They're down two to one. And again, I call that lightning goalie. I don't know his name, but I call him Tretiak because he reminds me of the Russian goalie from the 80s. He's just a wall. And Tampa Bay is up two to one. Like I said, Terry Price, my favorite goalie in the NHL, though, for the Canadians. They played a great game. They're tied 1-1 with Vegas. The series goes back to Montreal. It's the first time a team that plays in America is going into Canada. There's all types of restrictions. We'll see how it goes. But I would imagine Vegas and the Canadians are happy to be out of Vegas because it's 115 degrees and – from what I hear playing hockey, playoff hockey, you hear about guys losing 30, 40 pounds during a game in some of these games in like June and July late in the season. Wait, what? What's that? They, they lose 30 to 40 pounds during a game? Uh, what yeah, are you talking I'm, not, about? I'm not making that up, and I'm not a scientist, so I don't understand how that's possible. But from what I hear, some of these guys lose 30 pounds during the game. I mean, that's just that would just be all water. That's all they're water. They're dressed like you know, it's like they're going skiing or something. And yes, the ice is cold, but the arena's hot. It's hot outside. I mean, these guys are. Uh, it's not easy to play, and uh, I would imagine both teams are happy to be in Montreal, probably 75, 80 degrees there, as opposed to Vegas, just this disgusting. I wish I was in Vegas, though. Don't don't get me wrong, but oh, dude, I wish I was in Vegas too. Yeah, let's go. But so that series, the the Lightning are up two to one, and Canadians are Knights are one one. Okay. I, I see both. I see the unfortunately the the Lightning. I think will win in five or six, and I'm gonna say the Knights in seven. All I right. will say the the Stanley Cup playoffs have been infinitely more entertaining games than the NBA playoffs to me. I, I, it's what I got money on. When I have money on, anything's exciting. Jim, what's wait, what's the big difference you're seeing? It's just the competitiveness of the games. I feel like the NBA, like the series are competitive, but a lot of the games are blowouts one way or the other. Yeah. yeah it's like it's, you look at tonight, like the Nets just didn't have it. You know, they were, they were burnt out and, you know, they're already sitting there, guys, with, like, four minutes to go. They're but, like, like, it's a competitive oh. series, but, yeah. like, three of the games have been blowouts. I would say five of the games have been blowouts. There's only one close game. The first two were blowouts. Game three yeah. and four were blowouts. So one close game, and this one's a blowout. Would you offer any theories as to why that is? I can't. I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, do you are you guys uh, is hockey seeing any of the injury situation like the NBA is? No, no, that's LeBron no, James. Being a, that's LeBron James being a baby and trying to use his influence because Anthony Davis got hurt. Like James Harden, no, but they hurt. they've shown that like there's been eight All Stars out, which is a record for 
you know, injuries is of all stars in a playoff. Yeah, but like if you take a look at it, I would have to say that the guy in the Clippers, Leonard, had a freak injury. I'm gonna say James Harden is out of shape. You know, that's on him. We all saw how fat he was, and you knew it was gonna catch up to him. And and Kyrie Irving always gets hurt. Kyrie Irving also he a guy landed on his leg that could have happened in the second game of the year. It's not like they're pulling hamstrings. It'd be one thing if they were like pulling hamstrings or like in the NFL with the problem with the turf guys are like tearing ACLs without even getting touched. But these are like contact injuries, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. the kind of one is a freak injury. And I think James Harden is just out of shape. Uh, I can kind of understand it. Okay. Major League Baseball announced 10-game suspension for pitchers that are caught using substances on the ball. Uh, Do you think this will actually stop this uh, behavior from the pitchers? How much of an impact is this going to have on the game? Probably, like, maybe a decent amount. Uh, it's it's impossible to tell who was and wasn't. I assume everyone probably was using it. Um, it might deter them. I just feel like the MLB only does stuff after they're caught. Like they would, yeah. if no one would have said yeah. anything, this would have just gone on forever, and it would have just been the normal MLB season. Ten games is a lot. It kind of brings well, you back but to- ten games for a pitcher means you probably only really miss. Uh, a couple games, one or two games. Yeah, you know, it brings me back to like the steroids era because they knew that McGuire and Sosa were roiding up and they didn't do shit about it because they got everybody back from the strike. I I'm I'm in agreement with the pitchers here. Like they they're used to putting stuff on the ball. It actually helps them from not hitting players. It gives them a better grip. I don't see the problem to be honest. Well, no. the problem is, is uh, batting averages are down to record lows. They're down to like 236. There's still being a lot of runs scored. I mean, I bet on a lot of overs. So runs are, runs are still being scored. I, I like pitchers that can dominate too. It's the fact that it's like it's runs are nothing now. There's no like singles or doubles barely at all. It's all just home run or nothing. It, to me, that kind of makes it like extremely boring to watch. <laughs> Yeah, it's feast or famine. There's no, uh, I mean, not only it's record lows for yeah. singles, doubles, triples. Yeah, like I'll I'll bet on baseball all the time. Like over unders are still fun. I love betting them, but I'm I mean, not going to watch a game. Here's the thing: though, I like watching Tyler Glasnow as one of those guys that's been really vocal about it because he's a pitcher and he got hurt and he's he's blaming it on the situation. And I like watching him pitch when he's dominating. He's fun to watch. So I don't know what's going to happen, but I understand the pitcher's grace because they've been probably doing this for years. And now all of a sudden it's like, okay, now you can't do it anymore. That's weird. I I just think, too, what's coming out is like all these people are like, well, the Yankees have cameras here. This team has cameras here. We're learning that every team is cheating in baseball and there's like, there's nothing anybody can do about it. So you think they should just allow all the cheating or. I don't know what to do because it it just seems like as soon as they like take away something, somebody's going to figure out something new. 
Well, it's been the case. Here's what Pedro Martinez had to say about it. Yeah. Hold on. Guess what? It's my game, and I dictate how I want my balls to be rubbed up. And if you didn't do a good job of rubbing the balls the way I wanted them and I didn't feel like I was comfortable, I was going to do whatever. All right. The great Pedro Martinez. I, I agree with him, man. I, I agree, agree with him. him. You, you know, you're also, they're also the pitchers that I don't know. I don't know if this is true or not. But they love to say, hey, we we have more control of the ball. We're gonna hit you less. Like the ball, we're not gonna lose control of the ball. This is being this is a safety measure. So well. you're concerned with batter safety. You think uh <laughs> I mean, that's, that's ten that's 10% of it. But that's what the pitchers swear by. And I know Maddie's for batters. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Fuck this baseball shit. Let's get into a real sport. Yeah. Dark side of the ring. This week's edition, it is the Dynamite Kid, best known as the other half of the British Bulldogs, along with Davy Boy Smith. Lots of good stuff. He was uh, very... He sent me into the ropes, and he didn't so much clothesline me as he clubbed me with his bicep in the jaw. And that was the last time I ate solid food for three weeks that is the great one mick foley talking about his first time in the ring with his idol the dynamite kid tom billington and tom was known as quite a bully in the ring yes he was where are you going maddie i'm just walking in my bed he 100 was and dude this was what a great this was the season finale right yeah not yeah, they'll, they'll pick it up. Uh, they're going to pick up the second half of the season in September. Yep. What a fucking good way to end, dude. His story is, is, is awesome, but it's crazy. It's yeah. Like, so, kind of, uh, Maddie, you're, you're, you're kind of away from your uh, microphone. Sorry, I'm, I'm sitting down now. I just had to get put water on my face. Uh, my feeling is it's, he's kind of the opposite of the ultimate warrior. That the ultimate warrior had no talent, and the dynamite kid had all the talent in the world, and they still managed to both blow it completely and destroy their lives and self destruct. So, and, uh, yeah, it was a fantastic like I've been watching the tiger mask uh matches for years, and I always tell people, like, you gotta watch these matches, they're incredible. And he wasn't a great talker, so he wasn't like you know, Vince McMahon was so into like, you know, the cartoon characters, and he wasn't a cartoon character, but he was pound for pound by far the best wrestler they had in the eighties, and he just couldn't keep it together. And I, I think the worst thing that happened was because Vince McMahon was so into these giant bodybuilder guys, he felt the pressure to get in the roids, and that destroyed his speed his body, his technique, his moves, everything. So what Matty was alluding to is uh, Dynamite Kid started out in Japan. He was quite big in Japan, had fantastic mask matches uh, with a wrestler known as Tiger Mask. So if you ever look up Dynamite Kid and Tiger Mask, you can see uh, this is some of the best athleticism you're going to see in 80s. Uh, wrestling and it's like ballet it's like two guys doing like violent ballet 
Yeah, it's fantastic. And so a lot of the uh, more, a lot of the better athletes watch this and it it became the norm later on in wrestling, but this guy was a real pioneer. He was fast. He was rough. He was, he could do it all in the ring. Um, Then of course, like, uh, and he was also a notorious bully yeah, he uh, he trained really hard, and he he had to go through some cutthroat schools to to get to where he was, and he wanted everybody to feel his fucking pain. So here was uh, Scott McGee telling a story of what him and Davy Boy Smith did to an up and coming wrestler. Yeah. Dynamite and Davy Boy went on the balcony to get into his room, and he sh- crept in his bag. So he took a shit in another guy's bag. The rest of that story is, well, what this guy would do is he would drug people with a Halcyon and it would knock them out. So then he could do whatever the fuck you wanted to him. So while this uh, young wrestler was knocked out, they snuck into his room, shit in his duffel bag, shaved his eyebrows and head. The kid woke up, had a panic attack and just quit the wrestling business and went home. Yeah. It is that. It was nuts. So he was also then when he went to the WWF, of course, the pressure came for the steroids. And here I remember Dynamite Kid one night just walking in the dressing room with a needle in his butt. That's right. It's just what that's I mean, that was like the epitome of the uh, steroid era. You just walk around with uh, steroids hanging out your butt like there. You wouldn't even try to hide it. And but no, apparently he got pretty cares. muscular. This guy had striations yeah. in his butt, muscles just ripping out of his ass. I mean, he had muscles ripping out of his ass. By the way, Luke, you know yes. that guy Danny Spivey is? Yeah, that's uh, Waylon uh, Waylon Mercy. Yes, that's Waylon Mercy. Yeah, and that's another here. great uh, character yeah. that never took off, and it was based off of Robert De Niro in Cape and Cape Fear. Fear. So he would yeah. just kind of talk like this, counselor. Yeah, and, I'm uh, a nice guy, Waylon Mercy. It but was... yeah, the dynamite kid. <laughs> then there should be told about his wife. He 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 marries this lady who's related to the, like I think she's related to Bret Hart or something. Or yeah, his... she was. It was Bret Bret Hart's wife's sister. Yeah, and then he has a couple daughters, but he gets super violent with the wife. He actually pulls a gun on his wife in front of her kids. Uh, I'll let you do the rest because I think you have clips of what's going to happen next, so I won't spoil it. Yeah, well, basically, again, like a lot of these, it was a, just a downward spiral. He, yeah. Since he was so uh, active in the ring and he just would go in there with reckless abandon, and he literally gave his body to the sport. And well, we should also talk about how he got punched in the face. With yes, that's, that's coming up. Oh, my bad, my bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so... So then, of course, the drugs kick in and uh, the the drug abuse. Then he gets into a fight with Jacques Rougeau. Jacques Rougeau was the one talking about the needle in his butt um, of the fabulous Rougeau brothers. And so he wanted to uh, haze the Rougeau brothers and slapped them and beat the shit out of them in front of everybody. So uh, a few weeks later the uh jacques rougeau meets him in the back and he says hi to him he's got a roll of quarters in his hand and he just clocks the shit out of him knocking out like four teeth 
and just humiliating him in front of everybody else. Yeah. Uh, Maddie, tell him, tell him how Rougeau avoided retaliation as well. Well, what Rougeau did to we, uh, Dino Bravo, who actually there's a dark side of the ring in another season because he was killed by the Montreal Mafia. Dino Bravo was like a middleman in the Mafia. So Dino Bravo was a wrestler who was connected to like the Mafia. Somehow the Rougeau brother gave Dino Bravo an envelope from a fake Mafia guy saying, listen, this is, uh, they know where Dynamite Kid lives, and these are his wife and kids, and if he retaliates, they're all going to be killed. And it got it was over the Dynamite Kid's head, and he never retaliated, but I think it was a thing where, like, you know, the bully finally got punched in the mouth, and no bullies like to get punched in the mouth, and I think it humbled him, and it, as most people say, like, he was never the same. There's a lot of wrestlers that love the Dynamite Kid, like, if he didn't rib you and he was your boy, they, they say nothing but great things about him. But he was an <laughs> asshole to a lot of people. And I just think, like, the pressure of that job, I'm, not, I'm trying to not make excuses for him, but there was obviously a lot of pressure where he felt like he had to be the badass in the locker room. Like, he felt like that was his duty. And then once he got knocked out and punched and lost all his teeth, it kind of, like, it weakened him and it showed like he could be fucked with and he was never the same. And then I don't know if you have anything else. You yeah, want to well, say. no, basically right after that, he, yeah. they just, uh, they left. he left the WWF. Um, yeah. He kept having uh, incidences with his wife. Um, yeah. he, would, he went, he, <laughs> there was a, like a Christmas party or something like that. He showed up to with his kids were there yeah. and he shows up in a blood soaked, sweater and yeah. half of his cheek is, the skin is hanging over itself because he had been in some brutal fight and he's like hugging his daughter with half of his face off yeah and that was the first time the daughter had seen it so eventually it got to the point with spousal abuse that his wife bought him a ticket back to england and yeah. he just to leave the family and he finally agreed he knew uh basically he he was just going to keep harming his family. And so yeah. he did the right thing and went back to England. He goes back to England and then he starts doing street fighting. Like yeah. the, and it, basically people would make a circle with their cars and they would bare knuckle fight behind I warehouses. Watched, I watched like a that. documentary on this. It's like, it's fairly big in like Ireland. Okay. Yeah. The, well, those are big honor cultures too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I you're, think, you're uh, like more likely to see a stabbing out of those countries. As I, well, I should so. also say about him too, by after like when he was back in England, after the little stint with the bare knuckle brawling, he was pretty much, his back was so gone that the scar tissue, like they couldn't even operate on his back. That He was basically the most athletic wrestler now reduced to a wheelchair and for the most the rest of his life here is the greatest wrestler at 40 years old in a wheelchair and yeah he his comeback and he looked he was so roided up and then his comeback he looked like a ghost of himself like he just was like emaciated and white yeah he like pale. yeah he looks like an adonis and now he's like walking in with my build into yeah. this arena full of people and it was very yeah. it was terribly sad 
Yeah. And then, yeah, shortly thereafter that he, uh, he was confined to a wheelchair for the rest of his life. Um, he had to be taken care of. He ended up having strokes. He was just a, a shell of a human. Um, luckily he, one of his daughters did go to see him and they, you know, he apologized and, and sort of, you know, there was some reconciliation there. Um, but great, again, great, this one, great, well done show though. And, and it's like what they do, what dark side of the ring does is so great is they don't, they, they tell the truth of the story, but they also humanize these horrible people. And they under they say, well, these are the reasons why these guys did such bad things, you know, like there was a tremendous pressure. There was the product of the environment of what they were doing, you know, and even like his wife, who I mean, all the awful shit. She's like, look, when you make this documentary, I'm tired of people talking shit about him. I hope you recognize him for what the great wrestler he was. And he like did heinous things to her. And I'm not condoning any of the shit he did, so it's awful. But I'm just saying they find a way to make it very human. Like, we're all it's flawed a, and fucked up. It's a very fine line because so many of these, like, if it's so many other people making a documentary with like this would either paint him as, like, um, a misunderstood saint or just a bad person. And I think, yeah. I think like, Dark Side of the Ring does a really good job of kind of exploring – it doesn't excuse any of the behavior. It just kind of explores why they were the way they were. Yeah, legacies are complicated. And it is it is not, you know, I don't think it's doing anybody justice to look at someone through a, a black or white lens. You know, life yeah. is complicated. And complicated. you can look at this guy and go, this guy was a fantastic wrestler. And this guy did some shitty things. And this yeah. guy probably suffered from shitty things and yeah. life is life is very complicated and we're, we're definitely in a new age of awareness too as far as mental health and abuse and, and trauma and this is probably a lot of stuff he had went through as a child yeah. and coming up in the wrestling world as well and again that's not an excuse it's just a, a you know a way to understand these things so i don't know yeah, but it was a fantastic great, was, show and hopefully uh, this gives this guy uh you know, the popularity he deserves as a wrestler for sure. He was a dynamic yeah. performer. He was a guy that I, you know, I used to watch wrestling growing up, but I didn't really think about him too much because Davy Boy Smith was the star of the tag team. Yeah. And that's another thing. They didn't go into the, those two had a huge falling out because when they left the WWF, Dynamite was very jealous that he came back as the British Bulldog. So it's like, I brought you in here as the British Bulldog, and now you're the British Bulldog, and I'm sitting in a wheelchair in England, miserable, and you're making money in the WWF. I mean, I think you beat Bret Hart in front of like 80,000 people at Wembley Stadium or something. Wow. And, uh, you know, at Dynamite Kid, they had a, they, as a matter of fact, I watched a, a shoot interview, they call it, of uh, Davy Boy Smith's daughter, she called Dynamite Kid to tell him that her father died. And the Davy Boy Smith will probably have an episode as well because he had a fucked up life. And Dynamite Kid's response was, well, I guess everybody dies. And she was hurt by that. But then later she visited him. He made her tea and he just started crying and he apologized. And yeah, he yeah. apologized to his daughter as well when she visited him. You know, and he's a very, very, it's a very, it's like, 
you know, it's a lot like the ultimate warrior, but not, you know, there's, there's so many layers on the story that you just can't be like, he was this or he was that. There's, there's deep layers to why people are the way they are. And in this crazy business, wrestling is an insane business. It's got to be like top three craziest things to do is be a pro yeah. wrestler. Like it's I insane. know from doing comedy, I see wrestling as comedy, except we're not taking bumps. We're not getting our bodies hurt. But the competition, the competitiveness, and the nastiness is there, but there's no violence. And wrestling is like the most competitive field with like you're hurting your body. And when they're like, when you see Dynamite Kid do that, he's hurting his body. Like when he's doing those crazy moves and getting suplexed out of the ring and falling on his back on the concrete floor, like you don't fake that. You can't fake that. He just wanted to put on a show for people. Yeah, it's kind of funny when when NFL players and NBA players get done with a, uh, you know, a game, they all like sort of hang out and congratulate each other afterwards. But these wrestlers are just bitter, petty little pricks to oh, each yeah. other. It's, I mean, to this day, they still like have beef with each other. They still guys, <laughs> they hate each other for 20, 30. Yeah, you'll see like a, a 65 year old with arthritis bitching about what some guy uh, did to him, you know, 30 yeah, years ago. I mean, I mean, if you could watch these videos on Shawn Michaels, it's like, yeah, Shawn Michaels and the click, they did this to me and then they did that. And then he was supposed to, to lose and he wouldn't lay down for me. And this. And like, All right. Yeah. All right, so uh, we'll figure out something else to review next week. Uh, maybe we'll go back and uh, go over some older uh, older ones since we didn't pick up till season three. Yeah. Uh, that's about it for this episode. You guys, anything we missed? No, just uh, I'm on Twitter at Maddie Goldberg1, Maddie Goldberg on Instagram, and thank you all for listening. And this is going to be on iTunes soon, and when it does, we're going to be ready for the football season. That's all I got to say. Uh, two and a half weeks. Two and a half weeks, Sumo starts back up. So get ready for that shit, everybody. Can't wait. Jim, where can they find you? You can find me literally everywhere online at XFL Jim. Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. I'm everywhere. Excellent. And I'm Luke. You can find me at L Rose Hubbard on Twitter and Instagram. All right, guys, another great show. We'll see you all next week. Have a good one. All right, dude. Thanks, guys.